Welcome to the Lila Life Show. I'm Linda Tate Andrews, your host, Thrive Coach and Consultant, bringing you curious conversations with our peers and experts on integrating consciousness into the modern world. Tune in regularly to expand. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Tate, and I am here with a special guest, rock star, shaman, Allison Charles, who is bridging the wisdoms of earth and sky for modern times. And I feel so blessed to be with her today. Um, not only is she doing this every day and, and as a byproduct of that or the same as that is truly elevating our consciousness here every day. So Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah, this conversation has been a long time coming. So I'm so excited to see what pours in and and what we chat about. Thanks for having me. You got it. Um, So your journey is one that I so relate to and resonate to where it's coming from this super um, like pulsing athletics to now rock star shaman and a whole world that is probably not one that felt like, you know, 20 years ago, you knew you'd be stepping into. How has that transition been for you? It's been everything and everything and everything in between the everything and the everything. I, you know, it's like really the only way I can put it. It has been the wildest, most spectacular, miraculous, at times grueling, at times beyond intense voyage that, you know, I I say a lot that, of course, everyone has different definitions of what it means to truly be living and to be truly thriving and to be truly living a fulfilled, rich life. But in my definition of what all that means, I am 1 million percent doing it. You know, I am just accessing um, as much as I can, growing, expanding, rising, grounding down as much as I can. And yeah, it's it's been such a teacher. This earth voyage has been unlike any other for me. And to go from, yeah, living on external validation and, and building all these outward successes and gaining trophies and gaining all these like external validation pieces to having that blasting awakening day and then pivoting on to uh, the unseen path where I'm, I'm totally living by the calls and the whispers of God and source and Gaia and the, and the divine wisdom within, the, you know, they're totally opposites way, opposite ways of living. So I have experienced quite a bit. <laughs> um, do you ever, so when you come into this awakening, it's like you never forget where you've come from. Correct. Do you find those challenges still butt up, whether it's the way of thinking of like the striving, 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 and how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, I think it's uh, diminished over the years. I really uh, went into a two-year period that I've just recently come out of where it was two years devoted to the deconstruction of the old paradigm grid and energy system within me, which held a lot of that push and strive. And in the disintegration of that, trusting in this whole new way, this whole new activation system that was being downloaded and birthed inside of me to live and feel completely differently. And that took 
tons deeper trust than I ever knew possible. And along that two years of being in that bat cave and those constant shamanic initiations to do that energy work, yeah, there was a ton of triggering because think about it, the old way provided a lot of quote unquote success. And at least a lot of the... uh, quote unquote success that uh, especially those of us in the US tend to adhere to, right? You know, like the being a national champion athlete, being a number one rated, you know, radio host, being on TV. I was a TV host. And so in our culture, some of those things that we uphold is like, oh, that equates that that person's like, good or cool or successful, yeah, to like let so much of those old systems go, be in a void for two years, trusting that voided abyss space, trusting it was taking me somewhere amazing. Uh, yeah, it's it, there. The, the triggers though diminish and the new system grows in its power and it provides miracles beyond measure, but it, it requires so much of us inside to really collapse those old timelines and birth new ways. So you spent two years in what you referred to as the bat caves. Um, like, did you get an email that was like, Allison, rock star shaman, it's time. How did you come into that period of your life? Yeah, it was pretty clear. It was almost like an email in a sense because <laughs> I, uh, you know, email in the, the the source sense because I was wrapping up this, ma- oh, you know, it just kind of hit me, the irony that I was wrapping up one of the biggest projects of my life so far. It was this huge, like four-story building um, on Billionaire's Row in the heart of Manhattan. I was a part of the team activating this historical space and we turned it into this consciousness marketplace. It was one of the biggest undertakings of my life by far. And it was a pop-up space for many months. And as that was coming to a close, and you know, when you're in that kind of a project, it's just like a vortex. It's a whirlwind and you get really sucked in. And And when that was wrapping up and I could finally look in my calendar and my phone and I thought, okay, now that this is closing, what's ahead? And I just, I'll never forget, I opened up the calendar um, and I I looked at the rest of the, the month, which was like October of two years ago, and then looked in November, December. I had never in my life looked in, it was just like a vast wasteland in terms of just, there were no dots on the calendar. And I had never seen that before. And right away, as soon as I saw that vast open space, I just, my soul and my being knew, Allison, do not fill this space. You're being thrust into this new portal. You're being pushed into this new way of being. It was just because I've been on this path long enough and have devoted you know, my entire life to this work. When I saw the calendar, I just, the communication was very clear what, what was now happening. So I committed and I said, okay, source, okay, universe, okay, great mother earth. I see that this is by divine design and I'm committing to not just filling this space and getting in that spin, I'm going to trust. And as I took those first trusted steps into this unknown realm, uh, they, uh, you know, the universe honors those brave steps back tenfold, at least every time. And so then I started to get clear downloads. Okay. You know, I'm supposed to cease all previous operational systems. I, because my brand, when I first came out of the spiritual closet and birthed and got the download for the Rockstar Shaman, Allison Charles name and all of this, my brand was primarily functioning through 
relentless live events and workshops and teachings and traveling all over the world and retreats. And it was a ton of exhaustive, but of course, incredible work. And I knew, and talks and everything, and I knew that all of that was supposed to stop. Mm-hmm. I had to cease all of that. And I'm like, well, wait, like that's how I was growing my brand and that's how I was making a living. Like, what do you mean I'm just supposed to stop all that? But again, in listening to that, then I started to get these other unexpected downloads because when you allow yourself to get into that more divine, feminine, voided abyss state where you trust the flow and it's more expansive, when you let yourself open up to that space, that's where the you get out of a box and there are no more parameters. And so I started getting all these downloads to offer, which you're very familiar with because you've been in both of these programs, Spirit School and Third Eyed Certified. And now all of a sudden I'm like, oh wow, I'm supposed to start to teach these courses online. And and I launched uh, you know, shamanic PR, my shamanic media branch of my business because of all my years in media background, I started to teach. Uh, people and how to get more publicity. And sometimes they would hire me to be their PR person. So I was taking a back seat and helping to thrust and elevate other conscious brands and healers and practitioners out into the world. So it was the wildest turn myself on a head 180 portal, but I was so divinely guided and supported all the way. And the thing I'll end on with that is you know, at first when, yeah, I was like, cease all operations. That's, those are my income streams and all of this stuff. And, um, yet somehow in the trust and expansion into this new realm, I became more prosperous and I started to financially thrive more than ever before in my life. So it's just, you know, I'm just giving these examples, um, so that if any listeners are feeling a tug inside of themselves to just, try totally new ways, um, it, you, the rewards can be incredible. Did you find yourself in the human experience of, well, but this is going to happen or this is going to go wrong? Or did you feel like your spiritual muscles were strong enough that like, that's when you went to the guidance and just locked into that flow? Yeah, no, I was locked into that flow at this point. Um, you know, because really from my divine intervention, spiritual awakening day, uh, I think it was like the next day when I had my surrender moment and communicated to source and guy and the divine wisdom, power, love, light inside of me. And I just said, Hey, I clearly don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, show me the way. And I have been so guided steadfastly. And I have to give myself credit for heeding those calls steadfastly that, you know, I'd been do, walking earth walk in that way for enough years that yes, I locked into and fully trusted in the downloads and system. It's so interesting. Um, I'm getting married in a few weeks and coming into this new year, I felt such a different energy of like, uh, don't plan. Like you're getting married, like be in a different space for the next five weeks through the wedding. And it was like this kind of tester experience of, you know, can I live in flow every day without a plan? Maybe some days there's plans, but it's like such that divine source check-in to start the day. And I'm like, this is such an interesting experience of, of getting married, but also being in practice of this big trust muscle. And it's like, I'm very excited for our wedding. And I'm also very excited for this unfolding of like a new way, you know, February 11th that I've gotten to practice this different experience and fully kind of step into, which it feels like I already am. And 
it's how have how have you noticed uh it 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 elevate you you know one of the biggest things is like life is figuring things out without me having to so a perfect example we're literally i think 18 days out from our wedding and like the the ceremony um venue is changing today and like there's even 6 months ago i could have just freaked, made this a big thing, gotten sick. And I have no, nothing but trust. And it's the most amazing feeling. And it's like, I'm living out those, those examples every single day. And so that's, that's one is it's just like this effortlessness and this like knowing of it's all, it's all perfect. When I say perfect, it's not by any other it's not by any other definition, but like divine perfection. Yes. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't know what that was in this way until now. It's very really. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a, 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 a similarity to that timeline where when I was leaving my corporate job was actually in October of 2018. So I don't know what was happening in the stars then. Yeah. Yeah. October, 2018. So. Or 2017. Yeah. Wait, where are we? Where are we right now? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Right, right, right. yeah. yeah, well, that was the same month that I wrapped that building on Billionaires Row. In that right, month. that's what I was saying. There's some shifting in the uh, tectonic plates for sure, definitely. So you talk about would you call it like a rock bottom moment that you experienced when you re- refer to your awakening? Would it be also known as a rock bottom, or do you have different language for that? Uh, you know, I think it's safe to say for me personally. Yeah, you know, of course. Um, when people who have a rock bottom moment, it obviously expresses in its own unique way, depending upon their divine plan and, and, you know, a lot of past life stuff too. So for me, uh, facing my greatest fears this lifetime were around betrayal and, uh, you know, partnership, whereas somebody else's rock bottom might, you know, pertain to, you know, different kinds of addiction or, you know, losing someone in their life in a, in a really horrific way. Um, so, you know, and I think all those things, you land on those biggest fears you have to transcend through the soul contract you devise before you incarnate. And then also just through past life incarnations and the karmic teachings there and what your soul most needs in this lifetime to really um, elevate into its highest form and expression. So yeah, you know, it culminated for me after being in a 16 and a half year, very karmic relationship that was very suffrage filled, denial filled, a lot of codependency. Um, There were uh, quite a few addiction issues on my uh, ex-partner's end and you know, it uh, when you're in a relationship for that long and all those elements are at play and neither person... I mean, we each played our role. You know, I could easily say, well, when we were supposed to go to couples therapy and I was the only one going or, you know, I could... But I have to take responsibility as well. You know, my self-worth and there's just so many pieces at play that, that allowed where I was allowing myself to be in an environment of that nature, which was so horrifying and, uh, you know, kind of one of those typical like healer narcissistic dynamics that just um, a lot of times cracks people open. So yeah, it came to a one specific day. We had been engaged and unengaged and I had, you know, left our previous home and moved to New York city on my own. Then he resurfaced, uh, 
wanting to give it another shot. And I didn't jump back in because we had been in this rodeo for a long time, you know, but he was saying things I'd never heard before. So I thought, well, let's creep into this and see what happens. And literally the day that we were going to venture out publicly as a couple yet again, that's when God, you know, called in all my helpers and called the troops in. And as I was walking through my bedroom, right before we were about to leave, I became clairaudient. They turned my some of my gifts on and I heard spirit say, stop and turn around. And when I did, I saw, you know, his cell phone on my bookcase and this divine force walked over there with me and same voice said, brace yourself. What you're about to see is going to rock your world. Didn't know the code to his phone, but like automatic spirit writing source moved through me, popped in four numbers. Don't even remember right now what they were. And his phone opened and it was that you know, that was the representation of the shamanic cave. My first rite of passage, that first shamanic death and rebirth moment for me was entering into the cave of that phone. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And at that time, it was just the cave I freaking feared to enter. I didn't know about the treasure yet. And, uh, you know, went in there and saw just horrific graphic evidence and proof of just my greatest fears. And so by divine design, me facing my greatest fears in that moment, that is the moment that dropped me to my knees yet simultaneously lifted the veil from my third eye and blasted my egoic shell. And it was the perfect storm to wake me up. And so it was after that moment, um, I then flew to where I'm from originally in Indiana and just stayed in my grandma's house with my mom and grandma in this back bedroom and had a continuous for the next three days, awakening after awakening after awakening and more gifts opened my clairvoyance and all these things. And it was then that I had my surrender moment. So it was that that few days where my life made a complete 180 pivot and has never been the same since. It's powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, you know, for sure one of the most, I recently had what feels actually like the most powerful day of my life. And I, maybe I feel that way because my awakening has been so many years enough ago that I forget how fucking horror, horrible and like how catalytic it was. But, you know, more recently, like I'm pivoting into a time I've been in so, such a path for so many years previously of like such grueling deep shadow work and all these initiations and deaths and rebirths that I am so excited to be in a, a realm now. I'm now working with goddess Anya, who is a Celtic goddess of more lightheartedness and play and fertility and prosperity and playfulness. And after like working with bat, spirit, animal medicine, and all of that shadow work for so many years, I am welcoming this new, lighter way of being. And recently at my altar, I had been activating on like the highest, richest levels that I'd ever known my whole life, perhaps maybe any life. And one morning recently, I woke up and the energies were just so profound that I was even having trouble breathing. And I thought, huh, you know, okay, this is massive. I went and sat at my altar like I do every morning. And as I was sitting there, I thought to myself, huh, these energies continue to grow. I wonder, like, should I phone a friend or is, you know, I, I still continuously work with trusted practitioners. So I'm always growing. I thought, is there one of my practitioners I could, should call to try to like, um, you know, simmer this energy? And right away, God spoke to me and said, there's nothing you need to do. Welcome home. This is your true power. And it was like the most powerful moment of my life because I had literally lived, I'm 41 now. And so it took me 41 years of 
you know, deconstruction and getting out of my own way and continuously trying to stop playing small to make others feel comfortable and all of these layers of work for 41 years to get to this moment on my altar not long ago where what what I was just feeling was the full magnitude of the truth of who I am. So I just was weeping and crying and crying and it was just, yeah, it was really powerful. So I'm definitely in a whole new phase of my life in love and just prosperity and, and freedom. It's just, I'm so like grateful. Thank you, God. Thank you, Guy. And thank you to the, the courage inside of me for getting me here. Amazing. There's um, this book. Have you heard of The Goddaughter? No. It's a newer book. I'll send you and I'll share in the show notes. But a friend of mine, um, she, she draws portals. And, she draws uh, what? Like circles and portals. Oh, portals, cool. And uh, the story, how I met her was very synchronistic. I had had a dream of these specific numbers, two and 17, and like meet her days later. And she had those numbers tattooed on her wrists. Well, can I pause you for a second? Because those are also my source numbers. <laughs> so just of saying. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> So this, this just happened, but I, she came out with her book and I, I just love her and I bought the book and she's really into roses and uh, I read her book and it's this like poetic, just real like masterpiece. And there's these local currents. So you understand where she's talking about, but if you didn't know, like it would still work. Hmm. And at a certain point, she talks about like her mother's passing and like what had really like killed her. And near the time of her death, she said something about like being raped by men. And it wasn't like a man, but it was men. And uh, she writes about all this in the book. And at a certain point, I'm just like, I'm sobbing. And I'm like, it just feels something inside me open. Hmm. And uh, days later, I'm in a transformational breath class. And um, the messaging was uh, the, very similar around power. Ah. But at one point, and it's like a pretty skilled practitioner, he, you know, it's like spirit on fire during this session. And uh, it was like so clear. It was like I felt this pain and healing of rape, like, mm. like instantly. And it was something that I had never really spoken about of like being a rape victim, but I knew there was sexual trauma and I had never fully understood. And it was like ripped open. And at the end of the session, he starts saying how he was getting a lot of messages. And, uh, and I knew, like, I knew what I had experienced. And some of the girls were like, what, what did, what did they say for me? And, and I raised my hand and I was like, well, I had a really interesting experience about rape when it felt like this book, like brought it all to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I shared this and then he looks at me and he said, you know, like, it's time to be in your power. You're, you're ready. It's time to be in your power. And uh, I can't help but feel like it's a message that you were just echoing. And it, it was a profound, I mean, of this week experience that I was like, whoa, like what's happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Even as you're talking, I feel this like pulsing in my womb and like this, yeah, birthing, birthing of power, birthing of truth, birthing of fullness, birthing of the the expression, the divine expression that you incarnated to embody and to exude and be of service for. It's incredible. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll have to uh, get get your local mailing address and get you a copy of this book because there there's something in it. And uh, the reason I asked about your like rock bottom, quote unquote, if you will, but you know, if people are seeking a spiritual path or experience, do you feel like it's like a must have to have a rock bottom? Is it something just like no. buckle up? It's coming for you. No, I don't think that it's. I don't think it's a requirement. Uh, I think that had I heeded many of the communications and messages and calls that were making their way to me, but I was ignoring, it would not have taken uh, the divine intervention that I ended up needing to have. Because before my awakening for a long time, you know, our body, I highly recommend you know, to anyone listening, uh, just really doing a body scan and just like getting as in tune with their body intelligence as possible because that a lot of times is the first form of communication. Our body will try to get our attention to say, you're off track. You're not in alignment with your truth. I was having severe panic attacks and I was on like depression and anti-anxiety medication and had really severe autoimmune disorders. And all that stuff was my being, my body trying to say like red light, like alert, alert, like you're off freaking track. And then you add to it, you know, I've always been into metaphysics and spirituality. I started getting acupuncture and going to hypnotherapy. Honestly, by the time I was like six, seven years old, it was because I was like an elite athlete all my life. So it was like for those purposes, but nonetheless, I was, I delved into these metaphysical practices and modalities, like from a very young age, my whole life. And, you know, my soul always wanted to return more and more to that truth. And I remember in the old relationship, I, it was when I was a radio host and we had, like, I was the one that was always like, let's book psychics and I'm going to do dream analysis for the, I was a hip hop radio show host, but I was like, I'm going to do dream analysis for our listeners. And like, <laughs> just, you know, as per usual, but yeah, I, um, I got a, the psychic who we had on, he had an online course and I remember I started to do it. But when my ex came home, I could feel his fear around it. And so I gave it up and I was like, well, you know, because of the codependency, it's like, I don't want to rock the boat. And the fear of losing that relationship was grander than heeding my own light and communications and truth. So that's just one example of all these different ways in which I would shut down the truth of who I was for another reason. And so it built and built to the point where I had to have that. But no, it's not. So if you're feeling like you're off track um, and, you know, divine interventions are not the most fun things. So if you're feeling off track, I recommend starting the path reveals by stepping um, I, I can't say that enough. So many people want to know what to do. Like, wh where where do I go? It's just like, you have to, I don't care what the fuck the first step is. You have to step first. You have to. And so whether that's going into a local metaphysical shop and just like saying before you step in, you know, whoever you speak to, source, God, mother earth, uh, whoever, archangels, you know, guide me. And if there is something in here for me that will uh, shift me more into alignment with my truth and calling, maybe so. And then enter in and just give yourself some free time to cruise around. And maybe you land more at the Egyptian section, or maybe you land more in the pendulums or the shamanic section and just see. And then if something's really speaking to you, like 
get that Hanuman bell or get those, you know, totem cards. And it's from you taking that step um, and opening up the exploration that the yellow brick road, like the next brick appears, I call it divine connect the dots. And so that is begins the co-creative or that co-creative energetic relationship with universe. Uh, so yeah. Um, so if you, uh, you, I would just went on the yellow brick road with you. <laughs> oh, great. Where, what was happening? Um, you mentioned personal responsibility. Yes. And this is something that like, it keeps coming up every day and like in my writing in the morning. And, uh, it was actually on new year's. I felt like my last lesson of the decade come through so strong and I caught myself in the comparison game and I was like, wait a second, I have every single one of those opportunities and like, I need to take that personal responsibility. And it it just felt like the prettiest little bow, like the night wasn't wrecked, but my jaw just like hit the freaking floor. And I see this sometimes where like, it's easy to start walking. I think eventually like it hits you right from the face, but start walking the more spiritual path, but like is screw the personal responsibility. And I'm wondering any thoughts or guidance you have. Oh, we could, we could go on and on about Part this B. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. This will turn into a uh, interview series. Like, yes. uh, part one, two, three, four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, one of the main reasons why that piece can be so gritty and crunchy and like odd and funny to really look at once you start looking at it is because it's fucking hard to face yourself. Like, it can be so terrifying to really take a good, hard, honest look at your own behaviors. And many humans, um, again, it's like I say this with compassion and understanding because I've been on both the pre-awakening and awakening side and I still watch all things in myself and do integrity checks continuously. Um, but you know, like it's much, well, we think our egos and our, some of our human tendencies think that the easier or better path is to just like look one way. Um, and, and that way is the opposite way of like turning and, and really looking at, um, shadow aspects or some, uh, what we would maybe deem shameful or embarrassing aspects of our behavior or certain things that have happened to us that just, if you look back there, it would just be too painful to revisit. It would dwell or like well, a bunch of stuff up and, yeah, that's really the only way. Uh, in shamanism, it's about embodiment and it's about wholeness. And it is a lot about shadow work. And uh, in my belief, that is the only way in which you can embody your whole power and really connect all the way to your true divine assignment and mission here. So and that's a huge part of taking responsibility. It's so easy to point the finger and like look outwardly and, oh, this person's doing that and concerning ourselves. Again, that's what I used to do in that, you know, pre-awakening relationship was it was easier for me to look at his issues, right? And his addiction problems mm-hmm. and to fixate and focus on all of that. And that allowed me to not have to take responsibility and look at myself. So it can disguise itself too. That's why we have to be really, really wise and 
cognizant and conscious to um, seeing where we're sabotaging and getting in our own way and playing ourselves. Uh, so yeah, I just started a very devoted practice of facing myself and and being open to like challenging conversations with people I really trust and love in my life where you know, there's just kind of an unspoken agreement, you know, almost all my friends are fellow mystics and healers and shamans. And it's just like, if there's a blind spot, you know, please like bring it to my attention. And of course, you know, when that stuff gets brought up, our, our human, like, you know, tendencies are always like, you're like, you just want to like, you get so mortified and you're like, oh my God, because blind spots are blind spots. And when they get called out, it can be really scary, but that it is those nuggets, those pieces that provide the most powerful, miraculous pivot points and ascension moments in our lives because source knows that's some of the bravest work we can do is taking personal responsibility. It feels so rich to like look at that where, you know, I hear this a lot in friendships where it's like, but but he and they and this, and it's like, there's truth in all of that, right? Like that's a element of the experience, but what about like within yourself and like the lesson within? And uh, I heard this recently, there's 4,600 traits that we can each embody mm-hmm. and that we're all capable of all of them. We probably have demonstrated all of them mm-hmm. at a certain point of time. And so like when you witness that in another with judgment, knowing like you have that within yourself and it, yeah. it immediately neutralizes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Wow. I, yeah, even recently there was someone who, uh, you know, ended up being an unexpected great deep teacher for me, but it was through like, yeah, seeing behavior in that person that I just deemed um, uh, in a really disapproving way. And yet I knew right away, I was like, this is a teacher, this is a teacher, what's in it for you? What's in it for you? And you know, it took me a few days to fully unpack it and get to a place where I was sending that person love and blessings versus uh, judgment and anger because, you know, in my opinion, the way they were acting was just, you know, really disrespectful. But uh, it's a dance, you know, and you have to keep all these pieces in check. Yeah, it's easy to be like, I'm setting the boundary and this and that, but not looking at the full scope of like Mm, the lesson. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could share a little about religion and spirituality and like the easy, uh, I'm going to say it, like the easy mask of religion to limit the extent of feeling like the wonder and the promise of what's available. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I can also acknowledge that that's like an experience of religion. And there's probably a lot of people that are connected in that source divine way, experiencing that wonder. And from like a personal lens, it having felt like restriction. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, as I alluded to earlier, growing up, uh, athletics were my religion. Basically, I, you know, I started running before I was even three and you know, ran on scholarship at the University of Alabama and all of that stuff. So from two and a half through college, it was just, that was all I was doing. So my childhood, well, yeah, I attended Sunday school a few times at our local, we had like one church in my town growing up. I grew up in a tiny Midwestern town. It was like a Methodist church. So, but it was never a big 
part of my life. But uh, what's interesting for me is, you know, my main, I have many guides uh, and unseen realm supporters and helpers that I work with for different reasons, but my main love and light guide happens to be Jesus. And yet when he came to me and in the continuous cultivation and deepening of that relationship, I know him and I work with him as ascended master Jesus. And so it's very fascinating to me. My best childhood friend is a devout Christian and goes on mission trips and, you know, goes to church all the time and knows the Bible. And so it's just very, it's like, and she and I have maintained being best friends since we were kids. And it's just so cool sometimes to chat about like her perspective of Jesus and mine. And it's like, you know, it's, it's fascinating, but in spirituality, um, it's, you know, yeah, you're, you're in the infinite and there's just no separation and no division and no parameters. And especially with shamanism, it's about continuously expanding beyond the boundaries and, and yeah, just constant expansion and, going out into further and further reaches of the cosmos and the furthest and further reaches of getting to know Gaia, Pachamama, our great mother earth and and deeper and deeper explorations of ourselves. And so, you know, within that is the oneness of all that is and the most ancient truths of our entire universe and the most ancient truths of our planet that we inhabit. And so, it's just, there's no set form rules. There's no, in spirituality, there's no structure. It's every, and I, you know, talk about shamanism primarily because I am a shaman and and that's the, one of the most primary paths that I walk and share about. Uh, But each, you know, you line a hundred shamans up and each one of us has arrived at the calling that was stored inside of us in a different way. And each one of us has walked the shamanic path in a very, very different, unique way. And it's like, and that's the beauty of it, right? Is is that knowing, you know, I get a lot of emails continuously about people hearing the call or thinking they might be hearing the call. And it's like, you know, the, you know, I think they're hoping there's some formula or some set pathway I can present to them so that they know the next eight steps to take. And it's like, that is part of the initiation of shamanism is uh, finding your way and learning to trust yourself and cultivate that, yeah, that deep trust in oneself and the deep trust in the in the whispers. And so I don't know, even though I'm, I'm not too familiar um, about religion, when I feel into it energetically, like religion verse, um, I don't even want to use verse, like just, you know, energetically, the feels of religion and the feels of spirituality. Spirituality is just complete expansion and liberation and freedom and oneness of the truth of all that is. And like could step into maybe any or most religions and like still feel that expansion versus being like in a religion, stepping into like the world of spirituality, feeling the fear and feeling the unease and feeling the judgment and um, that being the like little pivot point. Yeah. And I think it's another interesting theme lately that I'm instructed to teach more about is just, um, yeah, like busting people out of these boxes. <laughs> you know, so many humans have gotten so comfortable inside these tight little boxes that, again, the ego and some of the human tendencies 
lead one to believe this is the safe zone. This is like the comfort spot, but you're so tight in there. And it's like, I can see these boxes, like, you know, they're them shrinking and getting so tight and enclosed around people. And it's just time to um, open ourselves in ways that might feel scary at first, but the more we can do that for our own lives. And if someone's feeling a little tickle or a scratch inside to, for whatever reason, like go learn how to play an organ or, um, you know, uh, for some reason they're hearing the call to go visit Israel or something, uh, the more you can give yourself permission to expand in an unexpected way then those ripples continue and then there's less judgment of those really brave souls who have been doing that kind of work for many years. And they are in embodiment of so many multifaceted talents and multidimensions of themselves. I tend to see that those who play it really, really safe and small and constrict themselves in the box uh, a lot of times it's it's them who are very judgmental and say disparaging remarks to people who have been brave in the expansion and expression of many different gifts. So I'm really here to help get as many people out of the boxes as possible. So the expansion energies in general just, you know, elevate the energy of universe and especially this planet. It's like the question that's been coming on my mind right now a lot is how can I expand? And as you're talking, I was reminded of a time where a friend had told me, well, you have a lot of hobbies. Like you just have a lot of hobbies. And it was this like discrediting of like the courage to explore my curiosities. And when I look back to each one of them, like they've ripped me open time and time again. And like, actually kind of like hobbies, almost none of them are really hobbies. Uh, so that just being such an interesting, but it's, it's exactly what you're talking about, like, but being in the box or not. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, someone who is in a tight box, uh, who is witness to someone who is in a very, you know, brave, courageous, liberated state and vulnerable state. Those, those of us who put ourselves out there and continue to grow, it's a, it's a more vulnerable place to be and live. And uh, yeah, it projects back to the person in the box, all the ways in which they're playing too small. Mm -hmm. And it can be very triggering for those people, which is then why the criticism and haterade remarks come out because, you know, they're, they're triggered from witnessing someone doing what their soul really wants to do. Let's let that simmer for a minute. So if someone is wanting to break out of their box (laughs) and they're not sure how, where would you recommend as a starting spot? (sighs) Maybe I need to record a guided box busting meditation. (laughs) Just picturing like a Nintendo game or something where you're like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I, that's kind of where I went first is, you know, getting in, it can just be a brief meditative space, space, but picturing yourself in this tight box and, um, and like looking around, like what is, what is in that tight box? What are the emotions that are surrounding you? And, and if you give yourself permission to like stretch one of your body parts, like which, which part of your body starts to move first to 
you know, that wants to bust out of that box. And, and if it's like your right arm and you start to push your right arm out of that tight little box, what's the first thing you see when that flap on the box opens and you're more in this expanded state? What's the first thing that's communicating to you out there of like, oh, finally, here you are. Now we can go to Bali and work with a, a, a high priest, a Balian, or you know, whatever the thing is that's been like waiting for you to find it. So I would just dip into, give that little meditation I said a shot uh, to just see. You don't have to get overwhelmed and you don't, like I keep saying, you don't have to have the next five, eight dots figured out. It's, it's just about the courage to do the next look and uh, to take the one next step. So I would just leave it as brief as that, you know, picture Mm -hmm. yourself in that box, see what emotions are in that tight box. What does it look like, feel like, smell like? And then as you let part of your body pop out of the box, what's waiting for you out there? But then it's up to you. And that's where the personal personal responsibility comes in. Okay. um, I unexpectedly saw that I want to like learn from this cool chef that I read about in my town how to make this sushi roll. Well, then you take responsibility for that message and be vulnerable and courageous. And who freaking knows what's going to happen, but you go to that restaurant and be like, hey, it's the weirdest thing. I had this vision that I'm supposed to like learn how to make this sushi roll that I've been obsessed with for you for years. And like, who knows? You might become best friends with that chef and you never know then where that one step might freaking take you. And that's the path I live and believe in. I'm thinking back to one of your meditations that I was on the receiving side of. And uh, at the end of it, I'm like, I have to wear this white outfit. You remember this. And uh, I see it right now. I have to go to New York. And I, that day, like booked my flight to New York for the next weekend, like got the white outfit on whatever Poshmark. And it's so interesting because I got there and I was immersed in like the most intense, like high level female entrepreneurship, like talks and venture capital fund owners and a lot of like really like lifting up women in business that organically unfolded when I got there. Like I really didn't plan much of it. And uh, at one point I was at this female founded co-working space and like applied to be a chapter lead for a female entrepreneurship thing and got picked. And like I'm flying at the end of February to San Francisco to go to their global pitch competition. And like in those four months developed a pitch deck, like for wellness spaces that it's, it's like, I haven't landed. Right. And like, it's like you said, the spiritual connect the dots and like, but I, what I have done is let go of the idea of landing and like be on the curiosity of the next connect the dot. And just that one example of you taking that brave step, listening to that vision, you know, that white outfit looked badass on you. I mean, power, power energy and, and you getting that plane ticket and by you stepping toward the call and in that expans- expansion energy, look how that one expansion step continues to expand your life just from that one first one. It's just like, it's still opening. It's still opening. Like you have yet to take that trip to San Francisco. And can you imagine what's going to open for you there? And that's exactly what I mean. Take one expanded step and your whole world expands. Oh shit. That was tweetable or something. Can I get a a tweet on that? Hallelujah. Um, this, you, you're so good at so many things, Allison. And I just thank you for being such a guide. And one of the 
pieces that I noticed that you continue to really empower others in is like, you have your answers. And Mm. that's been something that I feel coming up like with my clients where it's like, save yourself some trouble, you know? And I don't know about you, but personally I was in this like frenetic, like who can I buy something from to learn and the energy of very much scarcity and like not being able to tap in and some of that still unwinding. And like, it just feels like such a blessing to now be able to say to everyone and anyone, like, take a breath, come back home. What's that next step? And it could be the same next step of the frenetic energy, but the place that that step is coming from is is totally different. And that like your answer is within, not because of X, Y, or Z, or this Instagram person or whatever it's, it's, it's within and then it will be expressed. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're gridded with so much ancient wisdom and yeah, it's just, I do all that I can to just help people return to themselves over and over. And, you know, that's why I I am not a uh, teacher or shaman who prescribes things. I can, with the person's, um, you know, desire to have me access into all the ways in which I see, hear, feel, you know, all sorts of stuff. I, in doing that work, uh, I can provide the things that are coming through, but it's, you know, about that person, um, listening to their intuition and their soul guidance as to whether or not what's coming through, resonates and trusting and and moving from there. And yeah, it's, uh, I just, I, I'm just the instrument and, and transmitter of wisdoms and energy medicine into someone so that it hopefully helps them open up and unlock what have probably been some previously, uh, stagnated energy grids within them. And once more of those grids and meridians and chakras are, you know, cleared and, and brightened and, and opened up. It's, it's when all those communication systems that hold the ancient wisdom inside each one of us start to open more and more. That's when we just get in such divine power and flow and trust. So I'm just here as like a helpful transmitter. And <laughs> that you are. Beaming things. Nanu, yeah. nanu. <laughs> Uh, Well, dear rock star, Allison Charles Shelman. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. If there's any closing final thoughts that you want to share or emit, I'll Mm. hold that space for you to do so. Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. It's just a beautiful little piece that came in. It took me, the color green went right to my heart center. And it's just doing the best you can to keep your heart open. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here on the, the path of the heart and just devoted to listening to my heart intelligence and, and keeping my heart open the best I can. And that's the place and space from which we really want to be living from. So, you know, just maybe setting an intention to be as in tune with your heart as possible. And especially in relationships, if you start to feel 
your heart chamber, your heart chakra start to shut down a little bit or close a little bit just because it is a very specific feeling when it starts to cl- close and shut versus when it's just like really open and bright and expanded and whole and thriving. So just can, doing a lot of check-ins with your heart. How open is my heart today? How, how shut off is it? And if you're feeling it shut off, what breath work or what visualization technique or what words of love or gratitude can you share with yourself or someone else to open it back up? So yeah, let's all just do the best we can to keep our hearts open and to continue to circulate more heart-based energy and intelligence with this world. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Allison. And if there's anywhere specific you'd like to send our listeners to see what you're up to for your latest, whether offerings or messages. Hmm. You can go to my website, rockstarshaman.com or allisoncharles.com will get you there, A-L-Y-S-O-N charles.com. And my Instagram is at I am Allison Charles. Same spelling that I just said. Uh, those are the two most active places. Um, with me living by the calls, you never know what uh, <laughs> offerings or unexpected things will be up there. I am speaking at a really cool uh, conference down in Tampa, actually. Oh, um, what up? Yeah, what up? So I don't know when you're airing this, um, but uh, March 21st, um, I'm speaking. It's called uh, Shine Retreat, and it's uh, awesome. I'm I'm the headlining speaker, and so I'll be. Awesome chatting about a lot of magical, powerful things, guiding you guys through some uh, powerful energy transmissions, and then chatting with those who pick up their VIP tickets in that section as well. And just awesome. It's a whole, the woman putting it on is just this awesome conscious entrepreneur. And it's just a full day of conscious activations and awesome people. So it's going to be a lot of fun and I recommend you get on down there and hang out with me. Well, uh, we'll post that in the show notes also. And again, thank you, Allison. And to our listeners, have a powerful, powerful time and take that next step. Get out of that box. (laughs) Break the box. (laughs) Head on over to Instagram at lilolife.co. Give me a like or a follow and lilolife.co as the website. Check out the free resources password is Leela and things there that will change your life if you let them. Have a powerful week and see you next week.